Spiritual maturity is not stagnant. It's constantly in motion, either to a good place or a bad place. The nexus of it is the relationship to the Word of God. If I am not related to the Word of God, I am regressively immature. I'm moving someplace, but it's never stagnant. Well, you probably own at least one Bible, and it might be at home or maybe there with you right now. But how do you value that Bible? Our speaker says how you answer that question could very well define your level of spiritual maturity. We'll talk about that today here on Living a Legacy. Hello and Happy New Year to you. If you've just recently discovered our program, our speaker is Dr. Crawford Loretz. Crawford has been in Christian ministry in various capacities for nearly 50 years. His books include Leadership as an Identity, Your Marriage Today and Tomorrow, Unshaken, and Make It Home Before Dark. Today, Crawford serves as president of Beyond Our Generation, a leadership mentoring ministry. Well, Crawford, great to have you in studio with us here at the beginning of today's program. Bill, thank you. Interesting message today. It's called, Which Way Are You Growing? And Crawford, we're going to take a look at how we value the Word of God. That's true, Bill. And you know, one of my biggest concerns is uh, over the anchorless spiritual growth. And if the listeners were here in the studio, they would see my fingers mm-hmm. form a, mm-hmm. a quotation marks. Yes. Yeah, there you uh-huh. go. You know, we're a generation that celebrates experiences and we want to experience God, and certainly that's what God wants us to do. But uh, what we're going to talk about today and next week has to do with the anchor of our growth. And uh, really, really the basic principle is that we cannot grow apart from our relationship with the Word of God. And that's a huge statement when you think about that. And we're talking about immaturity and maturity all built into that. Absolutely. You know, the Bible's not like some nice what, is, what do you call a coffee table mm-hmm. book where you, you point to it and you look at it. And there's a couple of inspirational things that we need to consider every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, it's our life. It's our life. There is no appreciable growth apart from immersing ourselves in that book. You know, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. That's mm. what Jesus called him in the, in the Gospel of John and how he guides us into all truth. And so the deal is, if we want to grow as followers of Christ, if we really want to be Christ-like, it's not just taking a walk in the woods, and it's not just contemplating the issues in my life. It's getting myself on my knees with that open book, that Bible, and hearing and absorbing what God has to say to me. Okay. First part of a two-part message, Which Way Are You Growing? Let's join Dr. Crawford Loritz now as we go to Hebrews chapter 5 here on Living a Legacy. Many of us have letters and heirlooms from people that have long gone on. We've got family members who have given us stuff. And occasionally we look at that stuff, don't we? I have at home, I just did this this past week, I've got this little blue folder kind of thing that is chucked with stuff that belonged to my mother. I mean, just notes and cards and stuff that makes no difference to anybody else, but it's priceless to me. And ever so often, it's in a closet up in my study, ever so often I'll go in there and pick it up and open it up and just, just look at her unique penmanship, and it triggers memories. It makes me go back, and, and I remember when certain things happened, certain things were said. They're just deeply personal to me. I was reminded of this over the last 
couple of months with the not so very nice thing that's happening, unfortunately, to the King family with the, with the lawsuit having to do with uh, the correspondence and letters, the personal things from Coretta Scott King, uh, part of the family wanting them to go public with it, another part of the family not wanting to go public with it because it's so very, very meaningful. These words from a time that we're not living in any longer. But the problem with these words, and here's where my little illustration breaks down, the problem with relics, the problem with heirlooms, the problem with stuff that we have from uh, another era, another time, it might be wonderful, it might remind us of certain things, it might be inspirational, it might trigger action, it might establish priorities. But regrettably, they're words from human beings. As much as I love my mother, there's no life-changing power in her words. As much as I tear up and think about those tender moments, there's no eternal weight about what she says. I don't know of another illustration that can frame the power of God's Word. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the writer says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. And actually, you can't separate soul and spirit. What he's trying to, trying to highlight and emphasize is the precision and accuracy of the Word of God. Joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Take a look at that Bible that's in your hands. That Bible that's in your hands. That is the active, living Word of God. You, you understand me? They're not a collection of stories. These are not inspirational readings. These are not just sage sayings from a time gone by. What you have and what you're looking at right now is the active, living Word of God. Now, the issue here is that, no, we don't worship the Bible. But don't go too far. We do reverence it. We don't worship it. We reverence it. We reverence it. We don't worship it because the Bible, the words of God, is not God himself. However, don't go to the other extreme. We reverence it because it is the very words of God. It gives us an accurate picture of who God is, what he stands for. That's what we have in our hands. Now, I want to state a principle that is the anchor statement for the message today. The principle is this. Here it is. I'm summarizing in this one statement all that the Bible teaches about spiritual maturity. Our spiritual condition is determined by our relationship to the Word of God. Our spiritual condition is determined by our relationship to the Word of God. The truth of the matter is, I don't care, and you know, it's irrelevant what kind of experience you may have. You, you may have wept all night long, you may have seen visions, you may have seen white light, you may have, have remarkable things that have taken place, but that's not the anchor of your spiritual maturity. Technically speaking, 
even the knowledge we have of God's Word is not the anchor of our spiritual maturity. The anchor of our spiritual maturity, what determines whether or not we are mature, is how we are related to the Word of God. You can know it and not be related to it. We'll see this in a moment. So the measure of our spiritual maturity, I want to press into this, I want to press into it. The measure of our spiritual maturity has everything to do with our relationship to the Word of God. We are either regressively immature or progressively mature. Now, I want to dispel a myth, something that I've said. In fact, I've used this saying, and I suppose there's a certain side of it that is true, but when you examine it, it really is not true. What is the saying? Often we'll, we'll say something like this. Well, you know, I've just sort of plateaued in my walk with God. You know, that's not true. There, there, there is no such thing as plateauing in your walk with God. Now, I know what we may mean by that, and I think this is accurate. Sometimes we don't sense his presence. We don't sense the affirmation of his presence. Sometimes we sense a spiritual dryness there, but we keep persevering. And, uh, uh, but I wouldn't say that that's a plateau. You see, biblically speaking, uh, there's not a one-to-one relationship between physical maturity and spiritual maturity. It's not a one-to-one relationship. You don't have to do anything to grow physically. You know, I mean, you just kind of like be, and you will grow. Spiritual maturity is not stagnant. It's constantly in motion, either to a good place or a bad place. It's always growing. The, the nexus of it is the relationship to the Word of God. How dynamic is my relationship with the Word of God? If I am not related to the Word of God, I am regressively immature. I'm moving someplace. If I am dynamically related to the Word of God, I am progressively mature. I am moving someplace. But it's never stagnant. Now, I've got a very hard text to read and to go through, and I want to set it up to you. This is what is called a warning passage. In my my role as a preacher, some disagree with this philosophy, but my philosophy as a preacher is anchored in Acts 24. I am to preach the whole counsel of God, which means that there will be messages that will be warm and friendly to you and comforting. But then there will be messages in which you walk out of here spitting mad at me. And it's not because I'm trying to make you angry, but it's because I'm being faithful to the whole counsel of God. In this Bible, 66 books of this Bible, there's a whole lot of things that God says that we don't want to hear. But it is not my role as a preacher to edit God and to select the menu that I like, but to be led of the Spirit of God and choose what He says. Now, this text, I cannot get out of my heart and mind. I feel I'm led of the Spirit to go there. It's one of the warning passages in the book of Hebrews. The job of every communicator of the Word of God is to communicate the author's intent behind the words. And so, this is a warning to us, a stark contrast that the writer of Hebrews goes through. Now, let me make a couple of statements surrounding this. Number one, I want, to make a, I want to make a distinction. There is a difference between innocently immature believers and willfully immature believers. Some of us are innocently immature. We don't know. We're new believers. 
We're, we're just getting exposed to stuff. We're not, you know, we're just growing, and that's okay. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the last part, but, but particularly chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 there, where Paul makes that differentiation. You, 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 you were a babe in Christ, so you can handle this. And he says, oh, but you've had time now. You ought to be able to handle this. There's the innocently immature, and then there's the willfully immature. You'll see this in this text here. There's a difference between the two. And if you're new in Christ and just growing and you don't understand certain things, I, you know, there's no pressure right here. The second thing I want to say in framing all of this is to make a statement about the unconditional love of God. No matter where we are, whether we are regressively immature or progressively mature, God's love is a constant. Your performance and my performance is not going to make God love us anymore. Okay? The issue is not trying to gain favor with the love of God. The issue right here, the issue right here is determining your own spiritual welfare. Now, here's a problem. Be careful of people who in the name of grace will say that the word performance is a bad word. That's not true. In fact, in fact, you're setting yourself up for heresy. Performance is a very good word. The motivation for, for, for performance is, at, is at what's at stake. God wants you and he wants me to perform. Yes, he does. Obedience is performance. God wants the performance to be full of integrity and right motivation. The right motivation is a performance that responds to the grace of God that reveals the love and hope of Jesus Christ through my choices in my life. Now, having said that, let's get to the text. The writer of Hebrews presses the question, in relation to the Word of God, which way are you growing? Again, the core issue here in this paragraph is the Word of God. And so he drives the question. You are either regressively immature, moving away, or you are progressively mature. And he drives the question. Where are you? I... Not very complicated, as you know. Verses 11 through 13, the, the, the writer of Hebrews gives to us the profile, the, the characteristics of the regressively immature. And I just want to give it to you straight up because he's straight up. Remember, this is one of these passages in the book of Hebrews that's a warning passage. A warning passage. The very first characteristic is this. The regressively immature, they are characterized by an attitude that says, I don't want to hear it. I, I just don't want to hear it anymore. Don't want to hear it. Listen to these sobering words. Verse 11. About this, we have much to say. Now, I, I got a problem here. I'm tempted to go here, but it would take me away from the core of the message. So just let me top line the context. About this, he's referring to the first 10 verses of chapter 5, where he gets into this real heavy thing about Melchizedek, uh, which was a type of Christ, most believe, at least that's my view, that appeared to Abraham, and he's playing with this typology here, okay? Enough said on that. He said, about this, we have much to say. 
and it is hard to explain. Now, here it is. He says, but I, I can't go there with you. I really can't go there with you. Why? He says, since you have become dull of hearing. I, I, I really have a lot more to say to you about that. I really do, but you're looking at me with your eyes glazed over. <sighs> you know, I've heard that before. Dull of hearing. I just don't want to hear it. It's not relevant. It's not where I live. It's not what I'm thinking about right now. It's not in my neighborhood. It's not the issues on my table. It doesn't make me feel good. Uh, how does that relate to my daily life and my choices? You know, I got these issues around. Look, I don't want to hear this. You, you have become dull of hearing. Uh, now, now the, the tense of the verb here, the tense of the verb here implies a deterioration on the hearer's part. It was your decision. You just kind of like, you know what? Some years ago, I, 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 uh, I uh, learned how to play chess. I put learn in quotes. Um, it was many, many years ago. For some reason, I got into it. I don't know. It was part of the era in which everybody was into chess. And so I, I, I kind of sort of learned how to play it. While my little ADD got me, I played it for a short while, and then for whatever reason, I just lost interest. I just lost interest in it. Now, I tell you, today, if you, you, you put a chessboard in front of me, you put a chessboard in front of me, I, I probably can remember where the pieces go, and I, I might be able to remember a few moves, but for all practical purposes, I don't know how to play that's the sense here in the text. That's the sense here in the text. You, you kind of like lost interest? You, you, you've ignored the Bible, you don't read it anymore, or if you do, it's when you're between a rock and a hard place, and you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear Crawford explaining things. You don't want to hear people in the pathways talking about stuff. You don't want to go to a community group where they're talking about content all the time. You don't, you don't want to hear that. Second characteristic of the regressively immature is that they're comfortable with familiar truths. It's right here in the text. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you, and circle this word again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. Drop your eye down to chapter 6, verse 1. He says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation. The idea is that you, you know what? You know what? You, you just want to keep hearing the superficial, top-line, comfortable truths. You don't want anybody to push you. That's what he's saying here. Uh, uh, you, you just kind of like, you know what? Hey, uh, don't talk to me about this. He said, you know, by this time, you, you, you ought to be teaching people. You've been a believer four, five, 15, 20 years of your life. By this time, you shouldn't have to have your kids go ask the student ministry guys, what does this mean? 
You shouldn't be asking me or the pastoral staff basic elementary questions. But you've gotten used to a brand of Christianity that's superficial. And I got to tell you, to be honest with you, some of us who preach, our philosophy of preaching and teaching these days, we've created an expectation that all you need to do is just hear a little simple principle, illustration, 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 story, 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 application, application, sensory stuff, give the video, do the drama. Now, I'm not against video and drama. I think we ought to do that. I think it's great to set the stage. Don't get me wrong there. Don't miss the principle. But we have actually reduced your capacity to appreciate content. So when somebody does an exposition, you go, ah, that's too heavy. Paul warned Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, be careful, Timothy, be careful, for the time will come when people will have itching ears. They will accumulate to themselves. Teachers will tell them what they want to hear. That's a mark of a regressively immature follow Jesus. Dr. Crawford Loritz on Living a Legacy is teaching from Hebrews chapter 5. Well, that was the first part of a two-part message on which way are you growing? And today, regressive immaturity. And hopefully, we'll turn the corner next week, Crawford. Yeah, you know, Bill, as I was listening to the message, I couldn't help but to think to myself, the older I get, the more I am prone to do things that I ought to do that's ultimately good for me and not just what I want mm. to do. And I think, I think that's a mark of maturity, isn't it, Bill? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're younger, you're, you're grabbing, it's like a kid, you grab the candy, you mm-hmm. grab the stuff that tastes good to you, the stuff that, you know, even in your teen years, you're just a fast food, you, you grab it. But I, I think we have a lot of fast food Christians when it comes to the Word of God. And what I was trying to say is that uh, uh, we need to develop an appetite for content, an appetite for truth. I don't read portions of the Scripture because they're just uh, make me feel good Mm -hmm. today, Mm -hmm. but I read portions that I don't understand, but I know ultimately it's good for me. And that's part of what a mature Christian does. And not jumping to this stuff that's easily digestible, as you just said. Next week, though, we, we look at uh, a number of uh, wonderful marks of spiritual yes, maturity, yes. and one of them is that healthy spiritual digestive system. So thanks so much, Crawford. We'll see you again next week. Bill, thank you. And that was part one of Which Way Are You Growing? You know, that's the reason we come to you with our weekly program, to help you move one step closer in your walk with Christ. Let us know how God is working in your life through these broadcasts. Connect with us through our website, livingalegacy.org, livingalegacy.org. And while there, look for our past programs link. You can stream many of Crawford's previous messages there. And here's something to keep in mind. You can download Crawford's messages for free. Look for the MP3 link on the website. Now, maybe your plan in the new year is to spend more time around the teaching of God's Word. Well, by downloading these messages to your audio player, you'll have them available when during air travel, road trips, even part of your daily commute. Again, start with livingalegacy.org to stream or download Crawford's messages. Now, just a quick word to those of you who join us regularly each week. Hope you'll consider what role you might play in the ongoing support of this program. As with any program, there are production costs in putting it all together, and your support helps ensure we'll continue to be able to bring you Crawford's teaching. You'll find a link labeled support on our website, livingalegacy.org. Well, great to be with you today. For Crawford Loretz, I'm Bill Davis, and again from all of us here, Happy New Year. 
This program is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.